This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Marrows, how's it going? Welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. This is episode 45 and we're sorry for taking a little bit of a hiatus but we're back with a vengeance because today we are trying something new. I am joined by Wills and we're in the same room. Yeah, yeah, I can literally see your face. I can actually <laughs> see you. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's new. It's a different experience and hopefully it'll be a better experience for you, the listeners, and more enjoyable for us too to actually hang out a little bit more, man. Um, I do want to quickly mention though, audio will get better with time. We're in an empty room right now, pretty much, apart from the studio setup that we've got and each other and a couple of chairs. So when, when I've got a bit of time, I'll be putting some wall hangings up and improving the sound quality of these recordings as quickly as possible. So uh, bear with us if you think the audio is a little bit shaky, but Will's... We have traditions here on the Blue Army podcast, regardless of where we are in the world, don't we? We do. So that means, that means one thing, mate. That means it's time for... Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. It's the Blue Army podcast joke Joke of the week. A little bit different, but pretty much the same. There we go. Right, um, the joke of the week this week has tickled me quite recently, shall we say. Here we go. What do you call an alligator in a vest? Oh, I don't know. What do you call an alligator in a vest? An investigator! (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to bear with Wills. He sounds like he's got a bit of a rough throat today. You all right, man? (laughs) But yeah, that's it. The Blue Army Podcast, Joke of the Week, an absolute cracker this week. What do you call an alligator in a vest? An investigator. investigator. <laughs> Get in. Right, should we do the rundown, mate? Down then. Right, so this is what we've got on today's show. Well, we've missed a lot across the last 14 days, so we will focus mainly on the good times. We will start off by talking about Carlisle's first league win since September the 4th. That was against Salford. Uh, that late. What's that? 
Walsall. Walsall. No, no, the last time oh, we won. Sorry. The last time we won. God, let me get through the rundown. The last, the last time we won a league game since Walsall. Um, I'll start that bit again, Wills. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. These, these new problems that occur when we're in the same room. <laughs> uh, we will start off by talking about Carlisle's first league win since September the 4th. That was against Salford. Um, we beat... Walsall, just like Will said there, and another victory we missed, this time in the English Football League trophy. Um, kind of going to uh, skip by the result a little bit, and I'm going to ask Wills what he would like to do with the money that we won in the comp competition. And finally, we'll discuss the most recent Carlisle game at the time of recording, because Carlisle are playing tonight. Uh, the FA Cup second round loss to League One Shrewsbury, as well as the controversy that came with it. So let's discuss something first, mate. Something a bit more fun. Uh, let me tell you about our Xmas special. Oh, yeah. Love to hear that. That's it. We've got an Xmas special coming up, and um, I've managed to annoy enough ex Carlisle United players to scare one of them out of the woodwork. And uh, I. Um, I'm only talking about it because I've got the recording in the bag already. So this is definitely, definitely going to happen. The episode's going to come out on December the 22nd. That'll be our Christmas special. And it is my pleasure to announce that ex-Carlisle United player joining me for an Xmas special interview is none other than 142-time appearing, double back-to-back promotion winning, and an English Football League trophy finalist, all just with the Blues, and probably somebody that Neil Warnock has on speed dial. It's none other than the big man in the middle, Christopher Anthony Billy, also known as Chris Billy. We should sing the song. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> How many verses are there? About twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think we could do that to Chris. I don't think we. Although to be fair, we really enjoyed. I bet he loves the song. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was marked by most of his time at Carlisle United being shouted at. Shoot, shoot! As soon as he scored that playoff semi-final goal, and we did talk about that playoff semi-final goal in the yeah. interview with Chris Billy. So lots to look forward to. We basically walked through what it was like for Chris to grow up in Huddersfield. He is a proper northern lad, uh, just like you and me. And uh, growing up sort of around the Huddersfield area, how he got discovered by Huddersfield and then sort of being taken under the wing of um, the, what, the longest serving manager in England, Neil Warnock. Is he? That's, yeah, I mean, he The must most be amount of that. professional yeah, yeah. games. Mm. I think so. I think he's so. Never, he's never really out of a job, is he? It doesn't seem like it. He yeah. was most recently with Middlesbrough. Yeah, because you get these long-serving managers like Steve Cottrell or such, and they could be out of work for decent periods. Sam Allardyce out of, seems to be out of work more than he's in work. Um, but now you know, Neil Warnock just always gets another job. There does seem to always be a job around the corner for Neil yeah. Warnock. You're absolutely right, mate. But deservingly so. Oh, I mean, I, you know, I don't have his stats to hand. Maybe I mean, he was never kind of like known as a big winning lots of things manager, but um, it, it was usually brought into 
get clubs out of trouble. He's like a turnaround kind of manager, yeah. isn't it? Somebody that can bring in some stability. He's got a lot of names in his phone book on every level now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's managed in all the divisions up and down. Uh, so as somebody, if you're in a difficult position, yeah. maybe underachieving in the season, if you um, could spiral down into a lower position, yeah. seems to be a bit of a rescue call. I think, yeah, I think the thing about Neil Warnock as well is that he will take any job. I think not that long ago when he was briefly out of work, he said that he would he would take a job in League Two if if that was the only one offered. Yeah, it never seems to feel... He just loves football. Comes across as one of those people that loves yeah. football. But yeah, going away from Neil Warnock, because he never played for Carlisle. And, uh, <laughs> Chris Billy. Chris Billy, somebody who definitely did. Like I said, 142 appearances. Proper Northern lad. Really enjoyed my conversation with him. Really nice person. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to give you guys a part two over the summer. We basically walked through the Huddersfield side of things into his... Um, I think he was about 30, 29 when he joined Carlisle. I yeah, never realised he was that old yeah, when he joined he Carlisle. Quite a bit as well. 170-something appearances for Burry. Yeah. Uh, that was, he was brought in by Neil Warnock. And it's a bit of a running joke throughout the interview. Uh, I've got a little peppered in lines about Neil Warnock that uh, Billy sometimes enjoyed and other times <laughs> winced. Other times winced that. But it's just a little, little insight on Chris Billy's character and... Um, I really enjoyed it, mate. I really enjoyed the interview. And hopefully going forwards, um, we'll be able to have many more conversations with many more ex-Blues in the future because I'm in the city now and it should hopefully be easier to sort of track people down. And current players would be quite fun, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, the current players do any kind of like of this kind of thing. See, They're kind of like... The podcast that shall not be named. They did get a guest on last year, yeah. and um, he was—I think it was like Jack Almer or Joe oh, Riley. Right. I can't remember which one it was, but they did have a current player yeah. on there last year, and I think like they've got their fingers in some supporters' trust pies, and I think that they—that's how they kind of like won a raffle or something, and yeah. managed to get him to do an interview or something. Oh, like that. I see. Yeah, so um, it was, yeah, one. I did mention it when I was at pre-season at Chorley and I wanted to speak to Chris Beach. Yeah. He had to sort of go away and uh, make a phone call to actually see yeah. if he could talk to me. But he could. He was approved. Yeah. Um, so, and might be hard, but I mean, if you could pick anyone from Carlisle United's current starting lineup to sit down with us in this room and have a conversation yeah. with him, who would you like to talk to? Oh, um, let's see. Um... I'd maybe like to hear what John Mellish has to say. He's been at Carlisle the longest. That's a good shout. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, John Mellish smashed the uh, the crossbar against Lincoln yeah. recently. And the way he just um, he turned around and accepted it, it's kind of like he knows what his penalty style is. And sometimes yeah. it's going to come off the crossbar. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, everyone else stepped up. Or maybe Lincoln were a team that... that, that um, I don't know, not confident penalty takers because Howard never had to make a save. Yeah, I mean, I don't know you can really read too much into how teams perform a penalty shootouts unless they do excellently and never miss a penalty ever or unless they, you know, go into a penalty shootout and miss loads. But when you're talking about, like, the Carlisle-Lincoln game, uh, we missed one penalty, Lincoln missed two just happens yeah it seems to have been the way it went yeah. and um, I mean once again Carlisle turning over a higher league opposition in that tournament so that's always uh, something to sort of tick off the list because it takes yeah. another one of those higher league teams out of the tournament and in the next round I think we've got Harrogate away which is achievable as well is which it? will put us in the 
Northern semis? Or is that even still a thing? Northern semis? It was, was it Harrogate or Tramia? Or has that now been played? Oh, um, I, I, was just ha- I just had a little look earlier. I'm pretty sure it said Harrogate uh, away. The, yeah, because it was announced at the FA Cup game to where uh, the, the tension was palpable when they announced the draw of who would get in the third round of the Papa John's trophy. And it was like Harrogate. last sixteen. Last sixteen it was like Harrogate or Ramsfield. You could you could feel the excitement around the ground. <laughs> the buzz of anticipation. Well there's also another cup tournament that Carlisle are involved in and in the final eight of it's the Cumberland Cup. They've got Cleetamore uh in the next round and normally it's just a team a team of like youth players that Carlisle put out for this sparkled in with a little bit of experience sometimes yeah Um, they'll 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 put out a favour pros in from time to time I'm sure Dean Furman was in it last year at mm. some point yeah, I feel like he was kind of doing his coaching a little bit as well, and it was yeah. kind of like one of those things where it was like, go and look after the team a little bit, player coach Maybe, kind yeah, of role, yeah. in the reserves sort of vibe, but yeah, I feel like Thurman's somebody I miss personally, I don't know why, I don't know why I had such an attachment to Thurman. honest. Maybe it was, Yeah. maybe it was, maybe it was that... Um, just ignore that phone call that's coming in. <laughs> right, um, so we'll plough on and we'll have a crack about uh, Carlisle United's game against Walsall. What's interesting, uh, when I first look at the starting lineup, and we always do go through the starting lineup here before we discuss most games, um, obviously Howard and Goal, Mella, Feeney, McDonald, Armour in the defence. Yeah. The midfield, Riley back from injury. Yeah. And then we've got Whelan Guy in the centre with mm. Gibson out wide, Young and Fishburne up front. Now, you might be the same as me. Yeah. When you look at that lineup. there's one thing that sort of jumps out at you there, and it's the fact that Whelan's been brought into the midfield role and Feeney and McDonald are playing centre-back, and then we've got we've got no other centre-back sort of on, on the bench apart from who we've got on loan. So, yeah. are we looking vulnerable at centre-back, or are we looking vulnerable in the central <clears throat> defensive midfield position? Um yeah, I think I think it's more about the issues in central midfield that Whelan's done good there on occasion. Um, there's this, um, you know, the Morecambe game in the in the Peter Trophy, um, and you know that had Whelan and Devine as the two centre midfields, and Chris Lumsden certainly commented on it a lot that they both played very well there, and since then we've I think we've kind of seen Keith Millen try and find the best centre centre midfield combination with Divine having a go there. Amelish has been there. Um but like uh Whelan's now having a go but he had to go with Divine as well without Callum Guy and Callum Guy um Callum Guy was suspended think for the Morecambe game Callum Guy looked really good in this game I thought um, he was dri- he was driving forward more on the ball rather yeah. than looking to play the ball yeah I mean he looks better with a ball player next to him which um, he doesn't get with John Mellish and um, you know maybe it's a kind of like a comfort of knowing that there's someone that he can pass to or that you know is, is not kind of expected to take it forward all on his own John Mellish just bombing ahead of him to see if he can get into the box well, Melich does sort of, at the moment come across like more of an impact sub player, depending on what Millen's doing. And Millen seems to sort of like want to keep things steady 
for the sort of like 70 minutes, 80 yeah. minutes of the game and then try and throw everything towards winning it in the last yeah. 10 minutes but not leaving himself too vulnerable open. And Nellis does lend himself to being one of those players that could yeah. be impactful off the bench but maybe as we've seen with his red card a couple of weeks ago yeah. that he's not necessarily the best defensive player. Yeah. And so he might find himself coming off the bench and being on the bench more and more as the season goes on. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, like he's, he's used to having to switch to new roles mm-hmm. in his career. And um, he's, I think he's one of them players as well that kind of just does... He, he looks really good in certain situations like we were in last season where there's not much ask of him in terms of midfield control. He's just win the ball, run, get in the box, make a nuisance of yourself. Um, I know you kind of described Callum Guy um, a few episodes ago as being like a luxury player because of his sort of overall weakness, sort of like lack of strength. Um, you, you could almost say that about Mellish. Um, and, you know, not really what you think of as luxury, you know, not in terms of like silky skills, but in terms of like what he does... It takes something out of the team as well as puts something into the team. So you've got to have the kind of strength to cover what he takes out or be in a situation where you need to just, if you are like just desperate for a goal. I mean, it was a freakish thing that Mellish did last year, the amount of goals yeah. that he scored. You can't really expect him to pitch in with the same amount of goals again. And obviously most of those goals came in a flurry at the start of the season and then obviously the stats don't read necessarily as good for him after the January period but they don't read as good for anybody after the January period Um, for me it was Riley and more so evident Riley was the person keeping that midfield together last year yeah, because he could compensate for Guy's shortcomings and yeah. he would compensate for Mellis' shortcomings. And when you play two yeah. in that midfield, either Guy looks vulnerable yeah. or Mellis looks vulnerable or both of them do. Yeah, um, and that and that seems to be the way that it's gone. And Mellis also being somebody that I've mentioned being a bit of a bit of a loudmouth. Yeah, and Guy being the captain with them two right next to each yeah. other in the midfield. The communication's going to be there throughout the whole game and you could imagine Mellish snapping at Guy a few times at least if he's telling him what's what. Maybe. Mm, maybe. I've not noticed it on the pitch. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but just because you don't snap on the pitch doesn't mean you don't say something in the changing room or, or, or you know, it depends on the player's professionalism, I suppose. But, yeah, <clears throat> the, the stats show that Warsaw have been the better side on the day. They had more possession, more shots on target. Um, Wills, you said something in a private conversation yeah. with me quite recently about how Chris Millen seems to be able to set up the Carlisle team in a way that can drag the opposition team yeah. down to their level yeah. and then grind out a result with them. And I thought that was really interesting. Do you want to maybe give us a little bit more detail on that? Yeah, so I mean, it started off almost as a bit of a joke comment that I made after, can't you remember which game it was? Um, I think one of the games that we drew. Or, or maybe I was even just referring to the fact that we beat Swindon earlier on in the season before they kind of like really hit their stride. It was... I was kind of like on an internet forum and just kind of like joking with kind of other people there that like yeah. <laughs> basically any points we get is kind of like we can drag, especially since Keith Millen come in, that we can drag teams down to our level. Because <laughs> it seemed, because I was I was also, I was reading a lot of comments from fans of the opposition because this kind of like general football forum that I post on 
and um, it, the fans of the teams that we just got a draw against, which I was like, or even that we'd played okay against but lost, were like, that's the worst we've played all season. We were like, we were absolutely terrible that day. Um, can't remember who it was that we lost against before Walsall. Um, Ooh. no well I don't know if it was that, it was the one before that Exeter it was specifically like Exeter fans so like Exeter have generally played really well this season beat us 2-1 that was after Melish gets sent off so we were kind of like holding them in the game and the Exeter fans after that game just saying like that's the worst the worst, that's the worst we've played all season long. Yeah, <laughs> so I like, mean, yeah, because that's what we do to you. I mean, when, 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 like when you mentioned it to me, you did say that you were on other people's um, forums, and it was just one of those sort of like reoccurring patterns that was happening when you were looking on those forums. You were seeing the answers from the. Um, opposition fans and most of the replies from the opposition fans mm. telling you that that's the worst they've played all season and if we can drag mid-table teams down to our level yeah. and just draw and win it's going to be hopefully fingers crossed enough for us to stay in the division because I don't mean to sound all doom and gloomy but right now I'd be happy for 16th yeah. to finish around 16th I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be quite happy for right now and then obviously look to push on next year when maybe Millen can Flex his contact book yeah. a little bit more. Um, I mean, he, he, um, he likes a nice style of football, it seems. So mm. you'd think that if he can also, if he knows how to go out and get the sort of players that'll, you know, that'll enhance that type of football. God, I was playing good football. Let's be optimistic about the man. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd love to see like a proper old school football manager move go down, and he brings in like a sixteen-year-old from his old Sweden. <laughs> was it Sweden? He was at or Bulgaria yeah, or something. I'd love to see him pull somebody in, like a, like a, like a young uh, Harland. <laughs> <laughs> something along those lines or even just anyone like a goalkeeper or something but it would just be one of those fantasy moves wouldn't it where yeah. you can just sort of like see he's just going to take the best kid from their yeah. youth academy and throw him over into Cumbria and I mean <laughs> that's, like, that's what I do I always drag yeah. somebody with me from my teams in football manager yeah. the end of, that's, I think that's kind of the Alessio Bugno effect mm. when, oh do you remember yeah yes. exactly your reaction was <laughs> just kind of like that. Who? Yeah. <laughs> was he a fullback? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of like plucked out of obscurity in like Serie C or something. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like. Did you ever see that thing where the football, the, the, the pretend footballer who ripped off like teams? He, he ended up getting a contract with a team in Ireland, a yeah. team here, because he had like. Um, fake documents from the Italian FA that yeah. he could just like he was an actual professional footballer so they'd bring him in on trial and then he'd call up on the day of his trial and be like listen um, I've got another trial at another place so like unless you give me a contract then I'm not going to come yeah. and obviously 100 teams 99 teams out of 100 just, just like, tell him to bugger off yeah. but there is that one team in 100 <laughs> that'll give him the opportunity to play professional football yeah. and so he's got like a couple of professional appearances for teams I'm pretty sure well, he, he played quickly, for someone like quickly found out yeah they quickly found <laughs> found out that when the, when the ball went into his feet the, the, the touch wasn't there <laughs> you know I mean he was somebody that just wanted to be didn't Sam Allardyce once buy a player that was a bit like that for like Bolton or someone I'm sure I can, I'm, sh I'm sure I've got this kind of memory of a story I of, uh, somebody coming on for half an hour yeah or even a, less maybe a, a player that someone I think like Sam Allardyce or someone like that signed was it Harry Redknapp at West Ham it could, it could have been that yeah mm. a player who 
he, he got him onto the pitch and it's like this guy's a fraud <laughs> he's like an Ecuadorian international on his CV or something like that I remember, I, I remember something it was a big yeah. unit the guy wasn't he big unit I mean I can't really remember we'll go, oh, you I know. just remember him being on the touchline standing next to a yeah. lino coming on do you know what I mean I remember thinking I mean obviously compared to the lino if you know who guy, we're talking about get in touch get in touch <laughs> yeah. get in touch if you know who we're talking about say something <laughs> Um, the goal, Carlisle's goal. Yeah. It was nice. It was a really nice goal. Carlisle's uh, winning goal against Walsall. It was in the 88th minute. There was a long free kick from Guy. Guy back on free kick duties. I feel like that's a good move, having yeah. him on the deep ones and having Clough in the box, yeah. probably, or Clough outside the box for those those deep free kicks. But I think Clough's got a better chance of scoring yeah. free kicks. So you've got to, like, all Gibson even. And so those two guys in 25-yard, 30-yard range, they're my free kick takers. 45, 45-yard range, get Callum Guy back on them because he's proved that he can put the ball in dangerous areas. And Millen's obviously seen that. And it was a nice set play move. I've watched it a few times. And as the ball goes in right towards the right-hand side, it's right at the back of the the box. It's probably just outside the box, in fact. And I feel like Rob McDonald made the run forward and then jagged himself backwards because the defender was nowhere near him yeah. when, when he when he took his touch and um nice little flick over the top yeah. from rob mcdonald first time into the path of abrahams who volleyed very nonchalantly yeah. the ball into the back of the net and really enjoyed the, yeah. the celebration <laughs> for the goal it reminds me of jimmy floyd hasselbank in the yeah. way that jimmy floyd hasselbank just loved to score goals yeah. you know what i mean he always looked so excited he didn't yeah. look like he had a clue what to do for his celebration yeah. there was no sort of archer there's no cartwheels it was just yeah. sort of like running with like yeah. expressions i like that about him as well in in the moment that tristan abraham scores he kind of, you know he, he is very likable he kind of in, you know, he does seem like quite an emotional player. Anyway, he can kind of get, he can kind of get into arguments as well. But um, no, it's, it, if he goes on a run, it could be, it could be decent. The goal looked, I mean, it it looked quite well worked. It looked like they maybe practiced it. Um, I don't think that McDonald has instinctively sort of hit, you know, hit a nice weighted ball over to Abrahams because I don't think that he's the kind of player that does instinctively do stuff like that. That seems like more something that they've kind of like worked on and that he's practised. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hang on. You just... Um, I just moved the mic so you're speaking more into the side of it. Oh. This one of them mic sides. Yeah. You're speaking to the side. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you just say, sorry? Um, oh, you were just saying that it was it was like a set piece move that they practiced. It didn't seem necessarily like um, Rob McDonald was the sort of player who would instinctively play this nice little weighted ball. It seems more like something that they've kind of worked on. Yeah, no, it was. It definitely looked like it came from some kind of like training ground routine move. I'm yeah. not saying Millen's had long enough to give loads of these routines to the first team, but yeah. I mean, hopefully, it's getting a bit closer to potentially having um, quite a nice number of weapons in our arsenal when it comes to set-piece play. And um, that's obviously a good thing. Beach did have his sort of set-piece places as well. Yeah, yeah. And that was always interesting. Um, We are keeping a tally of uh, Man of the Matches for ourselves so we can send something into the club and hopefully someone will react to us (laughs) Um, and maybe send us a picture back on social media. But today, well, who are you saying got your Man of the Match against Walsall? Um. Rob McDonald again um, must be 
it feels like two or three that I've given him this season. But you know, he's you know he's pretty competent at the back, and he gets a lot of stick because there have been one or two mistakes. But you know, he's, he seems to have cleaned up the mistakes. I think he made one a few a few games ago, but. You know when you take them, you know when you take those out of it. You know he is a decent, competent centre back, and he's been he's been showing that for the last few games. Mm, I said, and also, is you know he's rolling in getting the assist. Yeah, I said Rod last week, I think. So that's definitely, and then and then I'm pretty sure the Mark Boyd agreed with me as well. So that'll put him on three now um, in two games, which is yeah. a good result for Rod um, if he wants to win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. He'd be, uh, he'd, be wait, he'd be waiting for that. But yeah, you know, he's moved himself up the leaderboard mm. quite substantially. But for me, it has to be the captain Callum Guy gets it for me. I feel like yeah. um, he he had he had a good game. Um, he played an important part. He was in the build up to the yeah. goal as well. Yeah, and... you mentioned his performance earlier as well, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. So for me, I'm going to go for Callum Guy. I think, uh, and that's that's uh, quite the turnaround for me because. Mm. I've, uh, I've quite recently <laughs> criticised the man, so there you go. That's how easy things can turn around for you here on the Blue Army podcast, and that's how fickle I could be as well. Um, United could be accused of using the momentum of that late win to push on to victory against Lincoln. Carlisle took the lead through some fantastic play. Mempala finding Armour, who finished very well. What would you like to see in the future? In terms of Impala's chances in the first team, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see him get, you know, get experience earlier in games because although he's, I think, did he come on as a sub? I don't know if he came on as a sub in the last game or yeah, he did uh, the Shrewsbury game. Yeah, he, he did. Yeah, yeah, Shrewsbury. Yeah. yeah, it it always seems to be a little bit too late for him to make much of an impact, mm. but. You know, it does seem like he has that level of impact to make. Just... Who would you who would you pair him with? Um, oh, oh, you mean up front? Yeah, would you pair him with anyone? Would you play him up front? Would you put him out wide? Um, well, yeah, I might be thinking to put him out wide. Where? Which side? Right. And then Gibson on the left. Well, this will be like maybe in the late state. Not quite the. I, I don't mean like bring him on as late as they have been, but you know, maybe like an early second half substitute. Rather than a, you know, rather than a sort of last ten minutes substitute, um. So I mean, who he's paired with would probably be if he's on the right. He, he might have come on for Riley. I think Riley's injured at the moment. Yeah, I mean, have you have you seen the footwork? Um, I think so. I can't remember. I mean, for me, I'm going to show it to you now anyway, just in case people are wondering what's happening right now. So, yeah, here we go. Okay. Impala, great turn there. Takes his man inside. Look at that pass. That's a really good finish from Armour as well. Um, that's that's impressive, mate, yeah. for me. Like he's that's Mampala on the right as well. That that is Impala on the right. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Coming on the right, coming inside, using his left foot for the yeah. pass. So he's obviously comfortable with both feet. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the moment, I'd like I'd like to see him play a little bit more football, starting games a little yeah. bit. And um, I don't think I've actually said that. I think I've only like commented on social media about maybe yeah. him playing a Joe little Riley bit. Riley has picked up an injury though now, hasn't he? So. 
That's true, and he, he seems to be getting rushed back into the first team every time he's fit, and it does lead lead itself to another injury, and he's having a very stop-starty season because at the start of the season, yeah. he's probably arguably the most informed player we had yeah. at the time. Um, but, you know, it might open the door for Impala, and, and, and maybe when Riley's fit to come back into the team, that'll push him more into the central again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see Impala get a bit more of a chance without losing Young and Fishburne. So that's a good shout for yeah. throwing him out on the right-hand side. Um, Lincoln did equalise in the game and took it to penalties in the end. Um, like we've already mentioned, I think just a little bit earlier on, it was more due down to the fact that Lincoln were missing penalties and, and Carlisle weren't. It was only like yeah. Mellish that missed the penalty, I think, for Carlisle. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so obviously we go through. There's a bit of money in the bank. Yeah. How would you like to see that money reinvested into the into the into the squad, into the infrastructure, into the squad? <laughs> yeah. Has to be the squad. Yeah. Because yeah. we're you know we're fighting a relegation battle. Don't really want to invest in infrastructure that you know we might go down and it might just become a burden. Yeah, does that mean it's going to be like a luxury loan or? Um, I don't know. We'll see what Keith Millen's contacts are like. You might, you know, you might bring over that Swedish wonder kid. Andreas <laughs> <laughs> Weinstein. Love to see him. Love to see him. Give him, give him the number sixty-six or the eighty-eight or something like that. Proper embed them into the system. It would be great. It would be great. Um, but yeah, you know, we're free to the next round. Twenty grand in the bank. Um, I would like to see a free sign in, probably. Yeah. You know, somebody brought in on a free that maybe we wouldn't otherwise have been able to afford, and perhaps we're just all thinking a little bit pie in the sky because yeah. the board don't really seem to invest too much back into the squad on these occasions, and never really have. It's not like Carlisle yeah. have never had a cut run before yeah. and had a bit of money come their way, and the board haven't bothered to invest it. I don't want to necessarily open that kind of worms too yeah. much because there is a little bit to discuss about uh, some fan protest news yeah. that were centred around the Shrewsbury game. Um, and yeah, Carlisle's next opponents in the Papa John's Trophy, I believe, are Harrogate Town. I believe, I yeah. believe. Um, Carlisle played Shrewsbury <coughs> in the FA Cup second round and there was lots going on. But first... As we do when we discuss a game, it's the Carlisle United starting lineup. In goal, we had Howard. Then we had Mella, McDonald, Feeney, and Armour at the back. Um, Young in the midfield, apparently, with Guy and Whelan again. This time Dickinson playing out left, and Abrahams and Clough starting up yeah, front. They, I mean, I don't think the BBC have got that formation right. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think Young, you know, Young wasn't on the wing. No, you think it was a four three three? Yeah, yeah. All right, okay, four three three. Well, it was an early. I mean, Clough was more on the wing. Yeah. Than young. Oh. So it could be like, um, yeah, kind of. Yeah, four three three. Four three three. Clough wide. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the. Um, Shrews that opened the scoring early on in the game. And, I mean, Carlisle obviously playing against higher league opposition maybe can't necessarily yeah. be too harsh on them 
here. Uh, we're just flicking through some of the highlights. That was yeah. uh, Tristan Abraham's shot there that nearly fell to Dickinson early on in the game. Um, that's a free kick for me against Armour. But there we have it. This is it. It's the 10th minute now. Ball down the left-hand side for Shrewsbury. Uh, Meller trying to close down his man unsuccessfully as Shrewsbury play the ball around quite nicely and find that gap on Meller's side. Simple ball into the middle and... Uh, it's a good finish in a congested box. Yeah, exactly. Um, congested box. Ca- can you really criticise anything about Carlisle's defending on that goal? Maybe Mella leaving the the chance for the for the box to be open there for the for the plate for the ball to be played through into the yeah. crosser. I mean, overall, it just I mean, I mean that kind of thing happens when nobody's going to you know going to challenge the player. Everyone's kind of a bit confused about their role, mm. and you end up with everyone trying to defend the goal and no one actually going to the player yeah I mean for me it was it showed a better higher quality opposition playing against a lower league team and those gaps will appear in those games and it was it was nice football from Shrewsbury obviously good enough of a team to be in league one Um, I think they beat Sunderland recently as well yeah I mean the their results are picked up because yeah. they. I think they've got a couple of wins prior to that match, but other than that, they were just above the relegation zone and they've been on poor form before then. Yeah, um, Carlisle then started to throw players forwards, and um, obviously, as we went into the second half, we maybe got a bit more desperate and, and uh, were caught on the break by Shrewsbury and former Carlisle man. Uh, Ryan Bowman with the goal is a yeah. very good finish in my opinion before that Divine was brought on in the 27th minute though um, can you clear up what was going on there when Divine came on for Mella um, well it wasn't clear to us we were kind of like unsure why Mella was coming off um, he, he he hadn't had the best of starts and uh, we thought maybe it was purely because of that or like you know partly tactical that something wasn't working and they were getting at us down that side Mm. um but i I don't know if it's kind of been explained if you know if 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 he was carrying a knock or something yeah i feel like millen set up his game plan obviously knowing he could make five substitutions in the fa cup yeah. And um, definitely used them to his full advantage when he didn't necessarily see, necessarily see the game going in his direction. And then when Clough got a yellow card early on, and then Gibson came on for Clough, it wasn't necessarily a surprise because Clough didn't really look like he got started in the game, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fair to say it was one of them games that he was quiet in. Yeah. Well, that's Clough for you <laughs> at the moment, isn't it? That just seems to be the way that Clough yeah. plays. He's very stop-starty. His goals only come in from really penalties and set pieces. Not a lot from open play at the moment. Yeah. And um, I mean, I how mean, how, how long changed, do you stick with him? I don't know. I mean, maybe the change in formation didn't suit him. Hmm. But you know, I mean, if we're talking about sort of perhaps starting Mampala, then. You're probably not starting Clough because someone has to drop out. Yeah. 
I mean, so here we go. This is the goal here um, with Carlisle throwing men forward. Eventually, we got caught on the break. Ryan Bowman, Fred through. Good touch inside and, and, and a nice that was finish. Just a touch. Yeah, it was just the touch that took the defender out of it. Yeah, and then the finish to chip over the goalkeeper as well. Yeah. It was a nice goal on the break. Um, obviously, how many times do we have to see players that we've let go in and around this level of football or higher uh, and, and, and and just have let go <laughs> literally just let go of them like we've not got any compensation for them or anything I don't know I mean like I've often wondered what you know what those stats are like with other clubs like is this just something that every fan is saying of their club because uh, amongst all the players out there that have made it at this level there's always going to be a certain number of them that came through our youth team and were then released um, you know and it, it could be that the amount of Carlisle players that are like that is just exactly about average yeah was. Um, and I don't know you know the a decision to release him was made a long time ago and you know Ryan Bowman wasn't necessarily the same player then that he is now no, he definitely got bigger, got bulkier, did what he had to do to, to push forward in the yeah. professional game. Maybe somebody who did um, develop a little bit later on in his career, but still, like, Carlisle let him go at the age of like 17, 18. And it, it, I, I'd seen him play in the school ground. He was like, yeah. a year below me at school or something. So um, when it's, it's kind of like, not a friend, but somebody that yeah. you're rooting for, yeah, you want to see them get that extra year contract yeah, yeah. and just sort of like, you'd think they'd use that extra year to bulk up and then maybe like get a couple of games towards the end of the season and then yeah, yeah. perhaps be able to push on more with the Blues. But the Blues don't really seem to be that good at handing out longer term deals to youth players. Yeah, probably. And um, the, I mean, there are teams that are better at it. Teams like obviously Crew, um, Exeter now, I think Colchester have got quite a good youth set up. So, you know, and those teams are probably investing that extra year in players that other teams don't, that, you know, that one team might say, you know, you get one year, see how it goes, whereas, you know, those teams that have got, like, better youth set-ups are able to maybe give those players two years. Yeah, I mean, it's it's more like it's more like I don't think that what's what's going on with Josh Dixon at the moment. I don't feel like he's going to get a contract it, yeah. extension because of the injuries. He's like he's one of the few players that they've actually offered a contract to after nineteen. You know, like yeah. they, they very rarely offer a nineteen-year-old a contract or a twenty-year-old a contract who's been with the youth squad. Um, and you see him play though. The connections don't seem good enough yeah. either. Like going out on loan to places like Lancaster and Workington. Like why don't we have um, higher league places for them to go out on loan? Like obviously Max Hunt went to Yeovil. Yeah, but Ma- like I'm saying, Max Hunt went to Yeovil. Oh yeah, but I mean Max Hunt was technically a senior player with us. Mm. Um, so like the youth team players, when they go out on loan, the you know when we send players out like say charters maybe a couple of years ago would have done, um, you know, maybe one of their young goalkeepers. At, at that age, you, you know, you're sending them out to a team, but they still train with Carlisle. Yeah. And they, so, so they, you know, and they're young, you know, young lads, and they just have, you know, it has to all be quite close to home for them if they're, like, playing for one team um, but spending part of the week training with their parent club. Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking more about, like, once they get past the youth stage, they've been offered yeah. the first professional terms and they don't 
automatically just start like smashing it in the first team yeah. and they're in and out of the first team maybe on the bench maybe not even in the squad so like the Lewis Bell types Lewis maybe Bell but yeah. yeah exactly like Lewis Bell now and like he's at the age of 19 and they're not they, they don't offer those guys the contracts do you know what I mean yeah. they're the kind of guys that are they're the ones that they're letting go where you kind of like if you do give them an extra year if you yeah. do give them an extra two years you can maybe get them alone to a conference team and, yeah. and, and for six months and they might be able to do a job for you yeah. but it's just sort of like I don't think it would cost that much money either because yeah. when you're releasing these guys and they, if they go into a working team or a part time team yeah. you know they would obviously quite happily sign on the line for a couple of hundred quid to keep them in the professional game you know yeah. um, and so I don't see it as, as a high risk but I do see it as potentially high rewards and that is frustrating it is yeah. frustrating and Bowman's one of those players that I would like to have seen as kept hold of yeah, um, I mean, they show that kind of like um, initiative to do that from time to time. Um, I think Patrick Bruff we kept on, um, probably older than most of our youth team players that do eventually get released. Mm. You know, we kind of like did did he stay till he was like twenty two or something? It seemed like uh, Curl was quite fond of him and saw the potential in him, mm. and um, therefore. Um, we kind. Of, I think we kind of keep. We kind of keep him on after a season when he he might have made an impact, but didn't make an impact. But you know, Cole's like, well, I still I like the way you play. Um, we're still going to give you another year. Um, I think like if you look at Josh Dixon, um, when um, when I have seen him play, he looks really good, mm. and you know he he maybe is being recognised as a special talent, and he's had real issues with injury but the club want to you know uh, uh, want to keep hold of him because you know you know maybe he's the player that they still feel still feel has it in him yeah i mean josh dixon is one of the players that like you're saying like when you've seen him play he's a good player and you'd like to see him progress more but because of the injuries you're not going to get to see him progress more so Hopefully he keeps signing new contracts and yeah. gets offered new contracts and we'll be able to see more of him in the future. Going back to the Shrewsbury game, though, um, I just want to point out again here in Parlour with a nice touch inside and a chipped yeah. pass over to Gibson there. And obviously it's nice footwork from Gibson, mm. great finish, left-footed Yeah, good curler. assist. Yeah, it was a really, really, really nice goal for Carlisle. And I just wanted to point out again in Parlour's contribution mm. towards goals and yeah in, he's there in more of a central position I suppose I like what you said earlier about yeah. him playing out on the right I feel like that's a really good option for Carlisle United going forward who would you give your man of the match to for Carlisle United versus Shrewsbury um, you know based on what I've seen there um, probably Gibson Gibson why Gibson um, it was decent at other times in the match as well. Um, I mean, you know, we were... I don't think we played especially well. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. No, I mean, like, when you look, when you look at the statistics, we, 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 did, we did pretty much have a good game. You know, we had right. most of the possession. We had, like, almost... We had more than double the amount of shots. Um, Shrewsbury were quite happy to just sort of after the first goal in the 10 minutes, let us have the ball. And, yeah. and, and obviously, we, we didn't do much with it, but we know we don't do that much with it, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and that seems to be our problem this season. There's a real lack of venom up front. But, 
you know, when you look at the stats, it's, it is crazy. Like we, we, we it, they read like we dominated the game. I do, and it's weird. I, do you know what? I did actually see that five shots on target thing after the game, and I remember, I remember saying to my friend at the time, I can only remember seeing two shots on target. One was the goal, and the other was a fairly easy catch for the Shrewsbury keeper. And I don't know. It's weird. It's weird looking at the stats like that because the stats don't match how I was feeling at the game and maybe that's just because it was cold and it was wet and the Shrewsbury fans were having a great time and maybe that kind of like coloured my view on how we played but like yeah the stats kind of shocked us a bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean me too because yeah. when, when, when you read when you read like comments on social media and stuff it doesn't yeah. look like Carlisle had that much of a good game but yeah um, but I mean, they're the stats. I obviously just wanted to make people aware of the fact that we, we when the, when you read the stats, it does look like we dominated the game. But obviously, on the day, it doesn't feel like it when you're a goal behind, yeah, and, yeah. and and you just the shots are a bit lackluster. But they might count as a shot on target. You yeah, know? yeah. I say like, I I can't remember the other shots. So, but you know, obviously that happened. But I guess. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 Obviously, they happened. Yeah, I yeah, guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was okay. gonna say. I, I guess I just didn't see them. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I waited with anticipation <laughs> for that, mate. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's only one more thing I want to touch on um, this week is the uh, the tennis ball throwing oh. protests. Um, yeah. <laughs> what was what was that like to see in person? Uh, embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Uh, did you hear, hear the Shrewsbury fans chanting before and after? No. Like, I mean, the Shrewsbury fans had read about the proposed protest, so they started singing, like, where's your tennis balls? Where's your tennis balls? And then it's like, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, about five minutes after that, sort of, like, five tennis balls just come woo, onto the pitch. Uh, it's like one after another. And then the Shrewsbury fans start singing, what the fucking hell was that? <laughs> and you're just kind of like, oh. uh, and that's not embarrassment for the protest. Um, you know, you can view that whether, you know, whether that's embarrassment at the small, at the few number of people that took place in it, or whether the execution was embarrassing, you know, that different people will have different views on that. Yeah, it seems like the Carly United's Paul is a little bit torn on the issue of who to blame and and the board and stuff because there yeah. wasn't a lot of commitment in the process. There was, there was a bit of shouting, um, but when I say that, I mean like a couple of comments on social yeah. media. But I'm not saying they visibly gathered that much momentum. No. And I would have only have imagined about like 50 people turning up to something that yeah. didn't necessarily get as 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 high high attention as, as they would have maybe thought it was going to get. Yeah, I mean... Uh, it takes a little bit more um, organisation maybe to gather more numbers. So maybe... just need, yeah, I mean, there needs to kind of be a bit less bickering because, you, you know, we all want to see kind of like changes in the club. Mm. But um, sort of people who want to see those changes and want to make their voices heard um, find that differences in their own viewpoints are irreconcilable. Like, for example, there are some people who defend Andrew Jenkins, but not Nixon or Pattinson, but, like, they like Andrew Jenkins, who's been at the club a long time, he's the longest-serving director, he's like... So, like, 
you know there's you know there's a lot of people that want to see him respected for that and then at the other extreme there's people who are kind of like willing to send him personal abuse and stuff mm. and, and like make abusive comments towards him so there's kind of like if you if if you're at the end where you where you know you think that oh yeah, I want to see change, but I want to see Andrew Jenkins left out of all this, he's done nothing wrong, he's served the club well, then you're not going to see eye to eye with someone who kind of thinks that he's a crook and that he's kind of robbing the club or something. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, it's not all like levied at Andrew Jenkins' doorstep. Uh, no, but I mean, Andrew Jenkins glib- is something where people disagree on. Like, there's not that many people defending John Nixon, but there's still quite a lot of people with fondness for Jenkins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously his tenure at the club yeah. gives him that little bit more. He's been through good times and bad times, so obviously the that hard gives times him. Times and the tough. <laughs> <laughs> and I know what, mate. I think that's a really good place to leave it this week. Actually, I always like to leave it on a laugh. Uh, the Blue Army Podcast. This has been episode forty-five, our first in-person episode. I quite enjoyed it. It's a different vibe, and like I said, bear with us for audio, etc, etc. I'm sure there's some kind of function on here, like normalise, that'll uh, that'll stabilise and make the levels a little yeah. bit more easier to listen to. But hopefully we've done a pretty good job. So, yeah. Wills, thank you very much for joining me today here in yeah. the Blue Army podcast studio. Yeah. <laughs> Great to be here for the first time. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe this was the pilot for season two. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe this is the pilot for season two. We'll find out next week on the Blue Army podcast. Wills, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me on. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, follow, and all those lovely things you do on social media. And don't forget, on the 22nd of December, mark your calendar right now, you'll get our Xmas special, an interview with former Carlisle United player Chris Billy. So that that's enough from us this week from the Blue Army Podcast Studio for the first time ever. Ooh, I got chills when I said that, but I think that's because the heat is broken. Anyway, that's enough from us. Goodbye for now. Bye for now. Bye for now. <laughs>